And that's our lesson. Justin just preached it for us. <laughs> that's what we're going to be looking at. A couple of weeks ago, we had our gospel meeting. It was a wonderful gospel meeting. And uh, I, I am really encouraged by uh, things that happened that week and things that have been happening here at Fountainhead. You know, we're living in a day and time when uh, you'll come across some people, maybe some of you have said, uh, what is the purpose of a gospel meeting? Uh, in this day and time, the only ones that come, and maybe half the congregation, and maybe some people from our sister congregations come and support us. So what, what is the need for a gospel meeting? But I think we showed uh, a couple of weeks ago, yes, you came, and yes, we had a lot of support from our sister congregations, but we also had people from the community, people you invited, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, and not just for our meeting, but we've had a lot of new people that have come along the way. We are a growing congregation, and our future is, is looking bright. We've had some baptisms. Mackenzie York was baptized into Christ this past Thursday, and we're so glad for her because she loves the Lord and she wanted to uh, live right and be ready to live a Christian life. So we took care of that matter this Thursday. And so there's a lot of great things that are happening here at the Fountainhead Church. We can't say the same thing for every congregation. I'm sad to tell you about 20 years ago in this county, we had some brethren that were meeting over in the Bethpage community. And about 20 years ago, they closed the doors over there. The church was not growing. I happened to know there was a brother in Christ and uh, he was... Uh, the only one that came to the worship service that would lead the singing, that would preach, that would do all the other things that the men do here. And finally his health failed and they shut the doors. It really hurt. I, I preached at the Newdale congregation for 25 years. And about two years ago, they shut the doors over there. When we had our youth rally, Back in April, I believe it was, or March, uh, Brother Morris was speaking to us from Maury County. And he was talking about four or five congregations over in that county that uh, either have just recently closed their doors or are about to very soon. And I can tell you that there are others that are on the verge of doing the same in Sumner and nearby counties. Brother Fuquay was telling me in White County, where he preaches, there are four congregations that are just barely hanging on at this time. And one reason for this, I, I know our brethren around in this county. We have nine congregations that I know of in this county that do not have an eldership. And when you do not have an eldership, you do not have leadership. And when we do not have the proper leadership we have, a congregation is in trouble. And it's hurtful. So I come back around to us. We are blessed. We have a strong leadership here at Fountainhead. We have five elders, and we have two others that, uh, that were announced this morning that within a couple of weeks or in a couple of weeks can be added to that, and three more to be added to our uh, list of deacons that we have here. As our elders have chosen to do this, this is something that we do not take lightly, and we need to pray for our leadership along the way. Pray for our present elders and pray for those that were named just a little while ago. And men, you have been doing that in our public prayers. 
constantly when we have someone that leads the prayer here, you've been praying for elders, you've been praying for deacons, you pray for Matt and Derek and myself, and we appreciate that. We solicit your prayers. Let's remember all of these men as we pray in our private prayers, always keeping them in mind that they may be guided by the Lord. This morning, it's very simple what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the scripture that Justin read. And uh, I'm, there's some of them are just self-explanatory, and, and with others, really not much explanation is needed. But as we look at the qualification for elders, first of all, we understand that, that they are uh, going to be involved in a good work. That's what uh, Paul says to Timothy in verse 1, that if one desires the position of a bishop... He desires a good work. And notice that uh, in this scripture, uh, they're called bishops. So when we're talking about bishops, or pastors, or presbyters, or shepherds, or elders, we're talking about the same position. The Bible just calls them by different uh, descriptions of the things that they do as they lead congregation. The word bishop comes from the Greek word episkopos, which means to look over, to oversee, to superintend, to exercise oversight or care of. And that is the definition of our elders today. When we think about deacons, it comes from the word diakonos. Often we say a deacon is just another word for servant, but it's a little bit more than that. It is a willing servant, and oftentimes a willing servant that has been given a specific task to be in charge of. And that's what our deacons do here at Fountainhead. Looking on into the qualifications of elders, uh, let's think about, first of all, the family relationships. And we're not going to take everything exactly in order here, but I wanted to look at first the family relationships. And I can tell you that the ones that have been placed before us uh, certainly do qualify in these ways. First of all, it is to be a husband of one wife. That is, someone who's faithful in his marriage vows. Husbands and wives, we know that, don't we? When we married our spouse, we uh, made vows to one another. And so these are men who are faithful in the vows that they made to their beloved wife many years ago, their beloved bride. Also, they are one that ruled their own house well. That is, their house, those that come into their house, whether it's their children or or anyone else that they may take into their home, they are in charge of their house. With their children being submissive with all reverence. Their children that are at home that that, uh, understand and know that the, the father of the family is the one that rules the home. The idea behind this is How can one lead a congregation if he cannot lead his own family? So we're looking for men that can lead their family to help lead in the congregation of God's people. As we move on, we think about personal qualifications that that these uh, men are to have. First of all, the Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy that they are to be blameless. This is someone who has never brought harm to the church. Sometimes we have brethren brings harm to the church. That's a shame that anyone would do that. Someone has come along that, that has stirred up some kind of a fuss or some kind of a controversy that uh, has caused hard feelings, uh, caused people to be offended, or whatever it may be. 
But those who are qualified for elders do not do that kind of thing. They are blameless in all things. They're also temperate. These are men who are self-restrained. They're not extreme in opinions. Some of you and myself, we sometimes may become extreme when we have opinions. Some of you may be well over there and some of you may be well over here. But those that are qualified to be elders need to be someone that can look at both sides of things and be, uh, have that self-restraint to not go to one extreme or the other in opinionated matters. Certainly in doctrine, we must hold with the Word of God. This person is to be sober-minded. You know, uh, this is not talking about someone who's just alcohol and drug-free. We're talking about someone who does have a clear head that is not clouded with worldliness. That's something else that, that can cloud the mind is worldliness. And so they refrain from these kinds of things or any biases that they may have that would cloud their judgment in spiritual matters. This is a person of good behavior. Well, this is one of these that's evident. That means someone who has good behavior. <laughs> they behave well. They do not misbehave. They don't do anything that brings shame to themselves or their family and certainly will not bring shame to the Lord's church. Justin and I talked about this. He said, I have trouble with the word. I said, Justin, I'm going to have trouble with it too. Hospitable. Ah, I got it out. Okay. I've been practicing on that. Hospitable. This is someone who receives guests or strangers warmly and generously. And so an elder and his family should be willing to do all of these things. Always keeping these things in mind. More personal, personal qualifications. An elder is someone who is able to teach. This is someone who knows the meat of the Word and is not ashamed to share it with others. This is someone that if they're speaking to someone and they're in that proper uh, opportunity, that they can tell them what they need to do to be saved. They not only can tell them God's plan of salvation, they can open up some Scripture. Now that doesn't mean they know every Scripture in the Bible, but they know plenty of Scripture that they can go and say, well, you know, they can tell the story of, of the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, or, or they can tell the story of Cornelius over in Acts 10, or they can go to Romans 6 and, and uh, talk about what uh, Paul said of how baptism is a representation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They can go to many other Scriptures and explain, oh, this is why we worship the way we worship. They're able to teach. They can teach our young people. They can teach other adults. And it doesn't necessarily mean in the classroom setting, but they can teach uh, anyone out here in this world the things that the Scriptures contain for us. They should be willing and able teachers. They're not given to wine. Very self-evident again that, that they can have that clear mind to make decisions that elders need to make from time to time. Not violent. Well, why that? Well, uh, how will he deal with a contentious situation? Because let's face it, brethren, sometimes there are contentious situations that come up in the Lord's church. Uh, this has been my observation over here. A more congregation grows numerically more likely there is going to be some kind of a problem. Because we are human beings. We're flesh and blood. Sometimes we do not do the things that we should do. Sometimes we don't think the things that we ought to think. And sometimes we have contentions that come uh, 
about from one member to another. And sometimes the elders need to step in on these situations and deal with that. And this person right here might be kind of violent in the way that they're acting, and this one might be also. You need someone that can step in between and arbitrate in a very calm and temperate way. And so this is a qualification of elders. This is a person who's not greedy for money. Their mindset is that souls come before the riches. We're in the business of, of winning souls. We're not in the business of raising money to further the cause of Christ, but we want souls to be saved. We want souls to have that heavenly home. And so we don't want to do anything that, that we can profit from being in this position as an elder. And an elder is also gentle. That was a tough one for me to maybe describe because it's what it is. A gentle person is gentle. Jesus was meek and gentle. Elders are to be gentle in their nature. They're also to be not quarrelsome. This is a person that does not belabor a point. Sometimes, you know, someone wants to just argue and argue and argue. This would be the person that says, okay, we're going to put it to an end right here. <laughs> you know, and, and learn to let things go from time to time if that's the need. This person, again, is not covetous, going back to uh, someone that's, who is not greedy. Uh, and certainly we want someone that uh, follows those qualifications. This person is also not a novice. And Paul talks about this in verse 6. He says, not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. If a person is spiritually mature, they're less likely to be ensnared by the devil. We talked about that a little bit, I think, in uh, this morning's Bible class, that when someone is a new convert to Christ, they are a babe in Christ. And there are things there that uh, is going to be pulling against them. And you better believe the devil is upset when someone obeys the gospel, isn't he? And he's going to be tugging and pulling. And, and that person's not ready yet to step in certainly the shoes that the elders need to wear. So it needs to be someone who has been a Christian a good while, spiritually mature, less likely to be pulled away by the things the devil would place in front of them. This is a person who also has a good report from those outside. That would be his neighbors, his fellow workers, his family, friends, everyone out there in this world that knows these people. If you were to ask them about that person, oh, they're going to speak highly of them. They're good people. I know they're Christians. They live their Christianity every day. And I cannot tell you anything or report anything bad about them. You get a good report from those who are outside. And so these are what we're looking for as, as those who uh, are being placed before us as elders. And I sh should have mentioned this before we even got into this list. We have two men, uh, Brother Eric and Brother Eddie, that are placed before us in this position. But there may be others in future times and maybe in near times that might also be considered to be a part of the eldership here. So uh, whoever it may be, we need to think about these qualifications before they're selected into that group. 
Let's think about the qualifications of deacons. Their family requirements are pretty much the same as the elders. They're to be the husband of one wife that is faithful again to the marriage vows. They rule their children and their house very well. And we find here that uh, even um, Paul, as he writes to Timothy, says, well, I want to say something about their wives too, and that their wives are reverent. They're not slanderous, that they're temperate, that they're faithful in all things. And certainly uh, as we read about these various qualifications, both among, among elders and deacons, again, we need to consider their family, their wives and their children. Are they ones that re represent themselves well as spiritually mature and spiritual in the things that they do in their lives? And that's basically what he's saying here with this. Then we go to the personal qualifications that an, uh, a deacon is to be reverent, one of dignified behavior, again, for the elder said of good behavior. Uh, certainly a person who is reverent is going to be one that displays good behavior in their life. Uh, a deacon is not double-tongued. In other words, he does not talk one way to some and, and another way to a, another, and especially on spiritual matters. This uh, deacon would not come over here to folks. Now, on this doctrinal matter, this, this is what, what I believe the Bible says. And, and it says thus and so, and thus and so, and thus and so, and, and uh, that's the way I look at it. And then, later on, come over here to this group and tell you something different about that same thing. We don't need someone double-tongued. We'll leave that for the politicians, okay? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But they need to be saying the same thing to all people, especially about spiritual matters, that uh, they understand the Scriptures. And we've got another qualification here that we'll look at and talk more about that in a moment. They're not given to much wine. Once again, uh, this is someone that doesn't uh, partake in strong drink. They, they need to have their mind that in a shape that, uh, uh, that they're not clouded by anything by any substance or any outside force that might cloud their mind, that they can do the things that they need to be doing as deacons of the Lord's church. They're also not greedy for money. Once again, souls before riches. We're in the soul winning business as far as the church is concerned. One of the qualifications that we find here is that a deacon is one who holds the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. In other words, he knows the truth of God's Word and has no doubts whatsoever. Now truthfully, I've come across some brethren from time to time, and they won't say it this way, but they'll, you'll have a conversation and, and uh, these ideals will come, come out from them. They'll say something, well, yes, I, I believe that a person needs to uh, believe that Jesus is God's Son and that a person needs to uh, repent of their sins and, and confess Jesus Christ and then be baptized for their sins to be forgiven. That's what they need to do to be a Christian. But, you know, however, I've, I've got some friends that they go to this church or that church and, and they're good. I just really don't see. And, you know, maybe God will... No. A deacon is someone that knows the truth of God's Word, has an understanding of God's Word, and has no doubts that this is the truth. 
And that this is God's final word. And whatever the spiritual matter is, they have an understanding of it. And they hold that mystery of faith with a pure conscience. They don't have any doubts about anything that we study, anything that we know from the Word of God. They are also to be blameless. That is, they have not brought harm to the Lord's church and in any way. We also see that a deacon is someone to be tested. And by the way, as it talks about this, that um, verse uh, 13 says, For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Deacons, verse 10 is where I was looking for, but, but these are also be first to be tested and then let them serve as deacons being found blameless. Yes, and I want to come back to this idea of being tested, even uh, uh, those that have been put up as elders, to be tested. And that's what we're doing through these next two weeks. We have looked at these qualifications for elders. We have looked at these qualifications for deacons. Our present eldership feels very confident that the men that they have mentioned this morning uh, possess these qualifications or else they would not have asked them to serve in the first place. The Bible is silent on what procedures we should take in placing them. And it's left up to us to, to come up with a way that, uh, to decide who will serve in these capacities. And so that's what our elders have chosen. You, ho you heard Brother Danny this morning that for the next two weeks, if you know something that maybe the elders don't know, if there's something that needs to be told, it needs to be done in writing, it needs your name on it, and it needs to be brought to the elders. And I can assure you that they will look at that. They will certainly take note of it. They will probably come back and speak with you about it. And if it's necessary, they will speak with the candidate that's involved before making their final decision. We hope and pray that, that all are qualified and uh, are ready to serve. And I'm sure they are ready to serve or they would not have ex accepted the task that has been placed before them. But if there's a need, we need to be aware of that. I want to say a few things in closing this morning. Um, this, this is a process that must not be taken lightly. Our present elders are men that are doing the very best to see that we're spiritually fed here at Fountainhead. They are listening to the concerns that you have. As Danny said, we've had some great elders deacons meetings this year. And we've had a lot of discussions about a lot of things. And we've been listening to each other. As not only elders and deacons, but as ministers also that uh, come to these meetings. As you know now, we have Elders Corner. And if you have a concern, you can 
stop by as you leave this morning and step in there in the office. There'll be a couple of our elders in there and you can talk to them about whatever the concern is that you have at this particular time. We have an elder that's on call and you can call that elder. Now, can you call one of the others? Yes, you can. <laughs> Do you have to speak to the ones that are in the room and speak to them when you go out? No, that's not the only time. If, if there's some other need that, that, and you feel like you need to talk to them all, you get a hold of any one of them and they'll work to, to get together as a group and to talk with you and to deal with any situation that comes about. Our elders love the Lord and they care about this congregation. And as shepherds, they want to make sure that we are sheep that are staying in the fold and doing the things that we ought to do. Now, our present deacons stay very busy with assigned tasks. And I'm not going to say who does what because I'm going to probably leave out someone or leave out some task that they do. But in general, our deacons see that, that we have teachers in our classrooms and that they have the materials that they need to teach our young people. They see that the pantry is stocked and they uh, tend to the distri distribution of the goods that we have in the pantry to take care of those needs. Uh, the deacons see that this building stays clean and that our grounds uh, are taken care of. Our deacons take care of this sound system up here and uh, these uh, projectors and all and make sure that they're working in proper order that uh, we can... Uh, have a worship service where you can hear us and, and see the, what we're doing. Uh, our deacons take care of the heating and cooling. Now, sometimes it's a little warm for you, isn't it? Or a little bit too cool, but just imagine if it wasn't working at all. <laughs> we're thankful for that heating and cooling. And they see that these things are maintained, even the, the baptistry, to make sure that it's maintained. And, and there's just so many things. They assist with, with youth activities and adult activities, and they do so many things to help this congregation. And there are some other needs that are out there, and that's why our elders are looking at adding to our list of deacons. Now, Danny mentioned this a little bit earlier that our elders and our deacons, they also enlist your help. We're enlisting the help of everyone who is a part of this congregation. You can help with the visitation of people. You can help with encouraging each other. And there's so many ways that we can serve and help. And so you can get with any of our elders and, and, and say to them, I'd like to be a part of this. Or you can ask them, what can I do? How can I help this congregation? How can I put my talent to work to help this church grow? And you can do the same thing with the deacons. You can go to the deacons. How can I help you with, with whatever it is that you're doing, what, your task along the way? How can I help you with your assigned task? All you need to do is just ask them. And we all can be involved. We're all in this together. That we love the Lord and that we can spread the gospel to a lost and dying world. Brethren, I've seen this matter of adding elders and deacons uh, handled and in ways that are improper. Uh, I, I could stand here another half hour or so and tell you some stories I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but just to say that there have been some times that 
it just hadn't it wasn't dealt with properly and then then you have someone that is truly unqualified and that does bring harm to the Lord's church oftentimes it may be where the little congregation that small and, and we have maybe two and one of them needs to step down for their health or has passed away well now to keep that eldership we need at least two don't we well let's just get brother so-and-so <laughs> we've seen that in some of our smaller congregations and then all of a sudden you have someone who's unqualified and a lot of times that does more harm to the church than having someone not qualified at all and so we are blessed we have five and that number lord willing will grow to seven here in a couple of weeks and the number of deacons that we have will also grow along the way pray for these men pray that that they take their position seriously pray that they'll be successful and if there is something that needs to be brought out, it is your responsibility to let the elders know about this. It's not your responsibility to be talking among each other. It's your responsibility to be talking to the elders about it and putting your concerns, scriptural concerns, that you have toward this. I hope that this has been informative and helpful to us this morning. One thing that we haven't talked about is what must I do to be saved? Well, we have a lot of people here that's taking care of that. You've obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we have a number of you that have not done that. The gospel is for everyone. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you're ready to repent of your sins, you're ready to uh, confess that Jesus is God's Son, you need to be baptized into Christ. When I was talking to Mackenzie the other evening, I asked her, why do you want to be baptized? She said, to have my sins washed away. Now, is that what the Bible says? Amen. That's what it says, doesn't it? And so that's what she did. She had her sins washed away. And there's more of you that need to have your sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. If you're here this morning and you have that need or you need the prayers of the church in any way, please come as we stand and sing.